Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, doing what we can every single day on this show to help you and your relationships grow healthy, happy, long into the future. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we are going to be tackling one of the most difficult, potentially, things in your life. Not your children, not your spouse, not the neighbor, not your friends, but your boss. Okay, we're going to be going in deep and trying to understand how you deal with a boss that maybe is just too bossy. Or how do you deal with a boss that doesn't quite have the skills, that doesn't give you the love you know you deserve? And we're also going to be talking about maybe better ways, tools, and skills to get a better relationship going with that person. Maybe hopefully find ways to understand them better, to get better results. That, of course, is the goal. Now, you'd think a boss wouldn't be that big of a deal, except for the fact that we spend all of our days uh, with these people uh, when we're away from our family and we're at work. And then they get to own us, our schedules, they get to own our income, they get to tell us how much we make. So much of our identity could be even hanging on what these bosses say. But in fact, lately, there, there's some great research out showing that honestly, maybe more than your reputation is hanging um, in your hands of your boss, but also maybe your life. Did you know that a boss, especially a boss that's not necessarily considered a, an effective one, could actually be bad for your heart? Forget about smoking or obesity, this says on KSL.com. A bad boss is actually worse for your heart than any smoking or obesity, believe it or not. We're talking about bosses, though, who are inconsiderate, uncommunicative, and unapproachable. Now, dig deep in your boss repertoire. Have you had any of those? Yeah, half of them. How does that sound? A bad manager means higher risk for heart attack, a new Swedish study says, um, and especially showed that men with lousy, inconsiderate, uncommunicative bosses felt more stressed and were 60% more likely to have a heart attack. So bosses apparently aren't just annoying. They can kill you. And part of this idea is that maybe it's time to um, start asking patients, the doctors should, start asking patients about their bosses as part of the checkup. Wouldn't that be funny? So you smoke? Nope. Do you drink? Nope. Do you, uh, do you work in a cave or a mine? Nope. Does your boss uh, know how to communicate? Nope. Okay. You got about three years before we're going to have to let you go. So the odds are if you got a bad boss, you're probably going to pay for it one way or another. In fact, a sad story out of New York. A woman had just donated a kidney to her boss to save her boss's life, and then she was fired by the boss. And now the lady is absolutely ticked off, frustrated, and by golly, she wants her kidney back. So I don't know how you're going to do that, but hello, I want my kidney back, or at least I want a raise. And anyway, her name is Debbie Stevens, 47 years old, out of Long Island. She filed a complaint about the matter with the State Human Rights Commission. The New York Post reported Tuesday, Jackie Brucia was the recipient of her, uh, actually wasn't the recipient of her heart, but that was her boss at the Atlantic Automotive Group. But apparently Debbie actually didn't, her, um, her type, she didn't type well enough to actually be able to donate her kidney to her boss. But because she still donated her kidney, it moved Jackie Brucia up in the list for kidney donations. 
So it's kind of like a multi-level marketing opportunity where if you – anyway, we won't even go there. But apparently it helped. So Debbie gave her kidney and moved Jackie up, and then Jackie had to fire Debbie. And it, Debbie's now really frustrated. She says, I went from being a nice person to just being a wretched person, evil. That's what she thinks everyone thinks about her now. Now, here's the sad news. Not only did Stevens lose her kidney, she lost her job, right? But she also lost, by losing her job, her health insurance. And apparently people don't cover you or agencies won't cover you if you've donated organs. You're probably not a good risk for insurance, apparently. So I'm telling you, you got to be nice to your boss, even if – they fire you, or even if you're giving them your kidney. Or maybe we shouldn't be giving your kidneys away. In fact, we're going to be talking to an expert later in the show. We'll, we'll ask him the kidney question because I'm not sure. That's a big, very big commitment. I mean, I could see inviting him over for dinner, but not kidney. Um, that's a big deal on the boss front. Now, what we're going to do, because I know a lot of you out there, as you're driving around, coming home from work, you probably had a wonderful day with your boss probably feeling joyous and and great. We kind of wanted to pay a little tribute to one of my favorite um, bosses. In fact, a lot of people say that I remind them of this guy. His name is Michael Scott. He's on The Office. Check out how great your boss could be in comparison to Michael Scott. Remember when people used to say boss when they were describing something that was really cool? It's what made me want to become a boss. But now boss is just slang for jerk in charge <laughs> yes is your boss slang is that term slang for just jerk in charge is that the idea i don't think that's why we have bosses and i don't think that's the kind of boss we want to be so that's what we're going to be talking about on the show but before we do there is no better way to learn than i believe to play our newest game show that we have brought onto the matt townsend show it's called hr training game show let's go the most boring hour of the year is now the most exciting five minutes of radio the annual mandatory hr training game show yeah baby welcome to the hr training game show i'm your host matt townsend today joining us is our contestant bryce tobin Bryce the Rice, they call him. I didn't know that. Just made it up. And now we're going to call you that forever. Okay. Bryce is our 16-year-old contestant that has just received his first job. And we are now going to take him through the HR training. So as you're sitting, driving around in your car, I want you to listen and think if you have the answers to these questions. Because if not, you may yourself be having – you may be an HR problem waiting to happen. A jerk not in charge yet. Are you ready, Bryce? I am ready. Bryce, here we go. It is it. I'm just going to ask you true false. All you got to give me is a big T or an F, a true or a false. Do I, do I need to justify my answer? I would like to hear your thinking okay. on this. Okay. If you get it wrong, however, if you don't get enough, then you win nothing. But if you do, we will give you... Respect? Yes. Okay. Loads Did of I respect. save you on that one? Yes, thank you, because I was like, we need prizes for this guy. Are you ready, Bryce? Here we go. Number one. It's considered harassment to ask another employee on a date. True or false? I would say true. Oh, no. That's a negative, my friend. Oh. Actually, unless you repeatedly ask out the coworker or employee, or if she keeps saying no, that's when it becomes harassment. Okay. See, now that's also called stalking, annoying. Being creepy. Creeper. 
Stuff like that. Okay. You got that one wrong. I'm sorry. No wonder we're single. Uh, a crude joke on a T-shirt qualifies as harassment, true or false? I am going to go with false. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm terrible at this If game. you want, I'll just hand you my list because you could just look at no, it. No, I couldn't. Uh, it's true. Of course, it's just, it's just inappropriate. You can't have a well, crude Well, it's definitely joke. not classy. Yeah, it's classless. Good point. Number three, swearing is considered a hostile work environment, even if nobody complains. I'm going to go with false. Why? Uh, you like to swear. <laughs> you should see some of the places where I work. <laughs> That's so true. But not here. Like a sailor. Uh, false. If everyone is in agreement, there is no problem. However, you need to be careful because it can be difficult for an offended person to say they're offended by swearing, especially like if it's not a real you know, friendly environment. Gotcha. Well, I mean, how would construction workers yeah. get along? Hey, guys. <laughs> that we just got, doesn't work. Can we pick it up a bit? But you know what? Honestly, tell me that wouldn't be needed. You're lift right. the environment. If you're out there on a construction site right now, lift the world around you and put up your hand and say no more swearing. <laughs> uh, next, sexual harassment not only jeopardizes your employment, it is also illegal. That's true. How'd you know that? Well... Your parole officer told you, didn't they? Must be. Must be. It's totally true. (laughs) True. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It is true, my friend. Bryce, you're getting closer to winning that respect. Not quite yet, though. Only a manager can be accused of sexual harassment. Oh, totally false. Wow. Uh, Any employee can. Anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone. Even temporary contractors or clients can. Even 16-year-old guys can. With with their first job. With their first job at BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Uh, Are you ready? Once harassment is reported, a company must respond within 90 days. True. (laughs) Wrong. False. A company must investigate the charge immediately. So if you're out there in listener land... Doesn't that feel good to know? If you're having a harassment problem, report it. They got to get on it immediately. Last but not least, this is your last chance, my friend. Okay. I haven't been keeping score, but respect has been going up. As a har- as a harassed employee, if your boss fails to respond to your concerns, it's your duty to take the law into your own hands. Uh, I I am a go getter. I'm going to go with true on that. I don't know what to give you on that. Let's just give them. <laughs> Both. I'm very, I'm very true. conflicted right now. It is true <laughs> in that you should continue to report your concerns to the company's HR manager and keep a record of the abuse. Always document. As Britt, our HR expert, will tell us, false, however, if you think that taking it into your own hands means letting the air out of the harassing employee's tires. Uh, so, so I should, but also I shouldn't harass my boss you should just, about my harassment? Right. Just stay off the harassing of your harassment to your harassing boss, unless it is your boss. Then go above their head. Okay. I don't know what I said. Great job. You have earned our respect. I am deeply indebted to you. I think you've now made it to 17-year-old. Oh, thank you so much. Very quickly, you're going to make it up to the 20s. I can already feel it. Okay, so folks, are you noticing and learning? Uh, Jobs aren't easy. Tons of problems that can go wrong. We've just ended the great HR training show on the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back from this break, we are going to be diving into how do you deal with a difficult boss. So if you have somebody out there in your family, friends that might need some help with this, 
Grab them, get them listening to the radio, and we are going to change your life. Right after this break, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. Now, are you ready for fun? We, um, we're talking about something you think wouldn't be so fun, but I am serious. We are going to change how you handle your boss relationships. If you're struggling out there, either being a boss or dealing with your boss, today's the day we want to uh, give you some tools, some skills, some real-life effort or solutions maybe, uh, and give you some time to change. Give you some stuff that might be able to at least help you reframe this, change it. Again, the purpose of the show is to see if we can't give you a handbook to being human. And the reality, I think, just sadly, is a lot of us just have to figure this out on the go. So we want to make it so as you're sitting driving home in your car, you get to uh, you get a get a good taste of how to change your life. Now, before we do that, we are going to go on to um, a little do a little man on the street with Tom Brinton. J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. This is a prominent page. Seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada. No, I just, it's just baffling to me. Why is it so impossible to put together a decent run through? You people have had hours and hours to prepare. It's just so confusing to me. And then there's the pointy-haired boss from Dilbert with clueless comments like, in order to boost productivity, the company has decided that employees cannot use email on Fridays. While we all chuckle at these portrayals of bad bosses in the media, in real life these relations can be a little more subtle, if just as vexing. I went on a walk and got a few people to share their stories. Often, a boss is just grumpy. Somebody came in, it was like two minutes before we were closing, and they just said, I just want one thing in there, and I can see what it is, and I'll pay for it. And so I said, sure, come on in. And so they go to get their little thing, and she starts screaming at me, and they hear, like, we don't let them in. We're trying to close. We have lives, too. And she's screaming at them, and the poor customer could hear. Her advice? Um, smile and nod. <laughs> just and then smile and nod. Sometimes they don't want to help subordinates succeed, fearing their own inadequacy. Yeah, I had a boss throw me in a job once and gave me no help and uh, almost got fired over. He said, yeah, I don't think it's working out. And uh, I left his office and said, you know, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of letting him fire me. So I succeeded and he left and I was promoted into his job and I retired from that company 30 years after 30 years. You make what you can make out of a job and it's up to you. You can't rely on anybody else. Or they just don't spend enough time getting to know their employees. Well, I worked at this job for a year and a half, and to this day he doesn't know who I am. Like, he doesn't recognize me at all. And he goes, um, who are you? And I wear a name tag. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was comforting to find that everything was hunky-dory at the toy store. My boss is great because they're just as fun as the toy store is, so it's just a good time all the time. Do you play board games with your boss sometimes? I never have yet, but I wouldn't doubt that it could happen. Sounds like my kind of board meeting. For the Afternoon Show, I'm Tom Brinton on BYU Radio. 
Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, great, great piece there. It's just so funny. Smile and nod. Smile and nod. If that's not the most profound advice just to get through life, just give them a big smile and nod as if you know. It's good stuff. Okay. We're now going to get into this and start talking to um, a, a uh, HR, I was going to say a relationship expert. Honestly, she really is. Personnel Administration Manager, HR Manager, right here on the campus of Brigham Young University. She works with the Office of Information Technology, Britt Louise Pearson. Britt, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Good to have you. Now, you. Now, this is what I think is neat about you. 42-plus years of management, running your own businesses, or you know, managing people doing HR. Right. It's a big deal. That tells you I'm in the sunset of my career, doesn't it? Well, you're just, you've got such a spring in your step. You hopped up into that high seat we got right here. Here's what I want to know, Britt, right up front, top of the show. What, what's the deal? Like, because there really is this, it's, and it's not a new movement. The anti-boss movement has been going on for years. Absolutely. What do you think it's all about as, as somebody who deals with this every day? I really believe that, um, we feel like we're being picked on, we're the victim, and everything has to go our way. And we refuse to take a look at what our boss really needs, what our job really entails. Yeah. And um, we're not always informed about what our job really is to begin with. That's right. We're not even educated and know what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you see that a lot? I mean, have you seen it change over 42 years? Do you see generational things happening? Do you see – or has this kind of been just pretty standard? I think where I see um, most of this is when you get very qualified people hired into a job who think that they know exactly what to do and they have um, they have their idea of what is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And when that happens and they don't realize that the company you're working for is – is not working in that same routine or that same yeah. beat to the drummer that you have, and I think that makes a big difference. So um, it's almost like too many, too many leaders, right? And not enough followers, right? Everyone wants to be the boss, and we're hired into doing one thing, and then we find out that it's not going to work exactly like that. And so, are we flexible? Can yeah. we change and and become a contributor no matter what happens in that job. And the economic downturn is probably pushing a lot of people into places they really never would have gone. <laughs> like, That's true. You know what I mean? And, and spaces where, you know, they don't really want to be there. Well, or they're, they're forced into jobs that pay less than what they're used mm-hmm. to. Uh, it might not be as glorious of a position as they had had before. Yeah. Do you feel like... Um, as you kind of look at this, do you, do you sense that we, we a we don't train people what they need to do? Do we train bosses on what they need to do? Is there enough boss training? Not enough. There isn't, is because it? it seems like there's a lot of employee training, right. but the bosses kind of have a whole different role. One of the things I try to do um, is every year we have a review process for employees, and I feel like. It's my responsibility to go in and train the supervisors on how to go about doing that. Yeah, that's huge. And then we have supervisor training on a local level, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The university has many options for that, but we like to go in and visit with supervisors and help them with specifics that deal with our division. Well, especially if this is if I get one review a year, and my and I don't even like you were hearing on the clip there earlier that some people don't the boss doesn't even know their name, and all of a sudden you're going to go in and this boss is going to give you feedback you don't know me, 
So you're you're right. saying you're trying to train the bosses to handle this better, to get a good moment. This is a big moment in the year. I recommend that supervisors do a mid-year review. Great. And where employees are really struggling, it could be monthly or quarterly. It's huge. So if you are struggling, and we'll probably start it now and then we'll talk about it after the break. But if we, if you are a struggling employee, you should actually look forward to these reviews. You should. But they don't, I'm assuming. I mean, that, that, that's a big deal because now it's it's game time. Now you're going to be judged. Right. And sometimes you're not judged on what you're idea or what your job is to you. And that's where the supervisor has to explain to you what it is that is expected in that job. And then you can better meet the goals. But it's also up to the supervisor to help um, give resources for training and development for that person so that they can fulfill the job. And that's really a requirement after you hire someone. Yeah. And by law, you need to give them the training to do the job. Well, and so think, so it's kind of managing expectations. It seems like most of these problems are breakdowns of expectation, right? Mm-hmm. What they expect, a lack of training, we're hearing. Okay. Um, and then when we come back from the break, I really want you to be helping us on what do we do? So if you're a struggling employee and you're, you have a boss that's just coming down on you that's like, hey, give me your kidney. Give me your kidney, dang it. I need your kidney. <laughs> if they're putting a lot of pressure on you to give an organ, then you need to call HR, I guess. No, but if they are putting a lot of pressure on you, what what rights do these employees have? Because they – when you think about it, sure. some of us are just glad to have a job. Absolutely. And we put up with more than what we should have yeah. to sometimes. And then the health is starting to be impacted. Right. It's a big deal. So we'll talk about that for sure after the break. But one other thing um, is you just – before we go to the break, what was your worst scenario? Like if you had to think of an HR nightmare – I mean you can't drop names, but – Oh, I won't do that. Yeah, but I, what? Yeah. I won't be able to go back to work. you, you get fired. <laughs> but who would fire you? That's weird. Oh, it's happened. It's up the chain of HRville. Yeah, it is. Um, But what's like? What's a bad scenario for an HR person, HR director, manager? In my role, Uh it is where there is total lack of communication between the employee and the supervisor. Yeah, that's where there's a big problem. Or if the employee just is not productive, they're just not getting it. Right. And then you give them twelve warnings, and then you fire them. Well, we have a process here on campus that yeah. that I start with. But the main thing is for the communication to start between me and the supervisor and also the employee so that they will have a direction to follow. Awesome. Okay, we'll be back after this break. What we're going to do now, again, remember, we're next after the break, we're going to be talking about t- tools and solutions. What should you say? How do you approach your boss if they're – If they're not so kind, how do you give them feedback? How do you get this communication that Britt's talking about? You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm going to need you to do me a favor and come in on Saturday. Uh, Come to think of it, we're a little short-staffed, so why don't you come in on Sunday as well? That would be great. Okay? Thanks. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what you want to hear from your boss on the weekend. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We are talking about bad bosses, the battle of the bad boss. What do you do? How do you approach these people? How do you deal with a bad boss without maybe losing your job or a kidney? That is the goal of the show today. 
Uh, again, we're referring to a, a woman who gave her kidney basically to her boss and then she got fired and now she wants her kidney back. Um, that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do, there is another study out that's pretty interesting about having an abusive boss may not only cause problems to your health, as we've talked about, but it can also lead to strained relationships at home as well. According to a Baylor University study published on the online journal Personnel Psychology, the study found that stress and tension caused by an abusive boss have an impact on the employee's partner, which affects the marital relationship, and subsequently the employee's entire family. The study shows that more children at home meant greater family satisfaction for the employee. So interestingly, the more children you had, the more satisfied you were even, I guess, in this scenario. And the longer the partner's relationship, uh, the longer you had a relationship with your partner, the less impact the abusive boss had on the family. So longer-term relationships with more children actually apparently are some tools maybe to help you deal with bosses. We're going to talk about more after this. And also these findings, the research says, have important implications for organizations and their managers. The evidence highlights the need for organizations to send an unequivocal message to those in supervisory positions that these hostile and harmful behaviors will not be tolerated. Organizations need to get serious. They're killing their people and stealing their organs. Now, with that said, we're going to go back to our expert, Britt Louise Pearson. Britt, again, has 42-plus years in the HR world managing people and leading personal or family businesses all the way up to big, large um, educational organizations. She's the HR manager here on campus for the Office of Information Technology. She's also Swedish-born on April Fool's Day, which is a dual threat. Absolutely. With a good sense of humor. (laughs) Welcome again, Brett. Good to have you. you. Now, what do you do? So if I'm an employee struggling, seriously struggling, even maybe thinking of quitting because my boss is just too much and I can't take it anymore, what would you suggest my plan of action should be? I sit down with them and try to find out what it is that's really bugging them. What is the real concern? Sometimes it's deeper than yeah, than the, what than comes the to the surface, surface. right? And um, I also like to find out is what what they think their job is. Hmm. Like, like, are they clued in? Do they even know right. what they're supposed to be doing? Right. And then what expectations were given to them, and then find out what distractions they might have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, take a look at their. Um, their goals, mm-hmm. maybe, and what they what they want to achieve, and uh, and just have a listening session. So listen this is questions. should they come? So I guess in that scenario, you're the HR representative. Should if I'm struggling with my boss and I don't feel like I can talk to my boss, I guess I should go to you, right? If I should I I guess I should also try to go to my boss first. Or That's should a I, good idea. Or maybe you could – if I can't, so maybe those of you out there listening, hey, at least you have a resource. So look for a human right. resource expert in your company that at least could maybe give you some tools, some ideas for what to do. Right. And I know some companies, uh, one that my daughter works in, the human resource person is really just a facilitator of paperwork and things like that mm-hmm. and not really a resource to go talk to. And so line management is the best route to go. Yeah. Um, I really discourage going – Above your supervisor, so don't go to, to their begin boss. with. If you start doing that to begin with, that 
That's like a poorly. well. That's a fatal error. It is absolutely. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, and we're. But is fortunate. HR above the boss, or is that a parallel move? It's a parallel. Okay, good. It's a parallel move, and it's a safe place where the employee or the supervisor can come and visit. Um, and then, unless the employee doesn't strictly doesn't want me to take it any further, you know, I just let mm-hmm. them vent. Yeah. And sometimes that's all they need. Is it weird when you have to go back to the boss? I mean, like, are the bosses shocked? Like, what? Are you serious? She's my favorite employee. I mean, are they surprised by the feedback you'd bring back? Not usually. They kind of know. Because there's generally some kind of performance issue tied to it. Yeah. And so I don't know that they're surprised. I think they may be um, a little bit surprised of how deep the concern is or how difficult it is for the employee. Mm. But generally, a lot of times it boils down to communication. Yeah, it seems to always go there, doesn't it? Right. But sometimes there's this victim attitude. Yeah. You know, I'm being picked on. This isn't right. And I don't agree with the, the way that my boss is doing things. And, and um, you know, totally uh, looking at your boss like a villain. And, and Yeah, the minute you're there, because then it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't right. even matter what their intentions are. Right. You villainized them. It's, it's not going to be good because you're going to always see it as they're attacking you. Right. And as I've grown in the um, Arbinger company, I'm a facilitator here Mm -hmm. at BYU, and we've been going through the coursework with some of our workshops with some of our employees. Um, What they don't realize is that they need to start looking at themselves first. Yeah. You know, what is it I'm doing? Because you get into this vicious collusion cycle right. where my boss did this, so this is what I think, and I'm going to yeah. retaliate and do this other thing. I'm only thing retaliating because he's a jerk. Right. And yeah. it just goes into this vicious circle that you mm-hmm. can't get out of. And the circle doesn't stay that way. It spirals downward. Yeah. And right, in, and right into the HR office. Apparently. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting thing because um, I, I think the idea is it's always easier to look outward. But I mean, if you're sitting there and you're an employee and you already know you can't talk to your boss Mm -hmm. some of that is still you it is because then then we need better skills i need better tools i need to go and all you got to do is a google search on hey bad bosses you'll come up with a million things absolutely some of them are appropriate and some of them aren't but you can learn some skills what like specifically what would we do if i was going into my boss and i wanted to bring up something that i thought was unfair going on like i was being treated unfairly how would you suggest i approach the communication Learn how to make Swedish meatballs or cookies. See? That's the Brit in you. That's the Sweden you, Brit. You're just coming. I mean, and by the way, if you ever want to be on the show again, just bring some Swedish meatballs. I see. We'll get you right on. Okay. But see, that helps. Well. Smooth the – grease the skids, I think they call it. It's attitude. Everything is attitude. And you have to go in with an open mind, first of all, to hear things that you maybe don't want to hear. And – so your attitude as you go in, you need to have some humility. You need to understand that you're not perfect. Yeah. Find the truth. There's, they're going to have truth. Absolutely. And there's some data they're going to bring in that is at least they're seeing something. Right. right? There is right. some truth in what – I mean, here's the numbers. Now, the numbers right. may be wrong, so clarify that, but the, I've got numbers on you. Right. Usually. And then listen, and, and you need to have the courage to say what's on your mind. But you need to be very careful that you're not accusatory, yeah. that you want to state the facts and you want to state what you feel. Yeah, feelings are better than accusations. Right. Absolutely. Like you don't care is different than, you know what, I feel a little kind of on the outside. Right. 
I feel like this uh, responsibility was taken away from me or, um, you know, just things like that where you're expressing your feelings. Yeah. And that works in any relationship. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the core of the feelings. And it seems like also a little data would help too because um, what I find when I coach people and work with couples that are struggling and even corporate settings like that, what you end up arguing about is the data. So yeah. so if you give some data so you can at least – they can at least see the – I call it transparency about your thinking. Mm-hmm. So so-and-so got promoted. So-and-so got promoted. So-and-so got promoted. They had been here three years less than I had right. and they didn't – they weren't as high on the numbers as I was mm-hmm. and they all got promoted. Right. That kind of makes – and then the feeling statement makes me feel right. a little undervalued. Well, Help I, me understand. Well, I believe that – in some companies and maybe even here in the uni- at the university years ago that there was an expectation that the longer you work here, you're going to be promoted. You're yeah, going to make more money. Inevitable. Right. And um, we try to base raises on productivity and all employees are valued. Sometimes there's just not enough money to yeah. go around. But we want to make sure that we as supervisors – express appreciation and also give opportunity to learn and grow that they might grow into a position that would be a promotion. See, and and if I knew that and you were communicating that, that would be really motivating because now I know there's progress. But a lot of times it just seems like – and this is probably corporations around the country – there's just not enough of the whole big picture. We don't don't all know what our goals are. Most managers I've seen – they don't they're kind of just trying to keep their own job. Well, and there are a lot of dead end jobs out there. Yeah. And those kind of jobs aren't going to get you promoted, but doing them well will certainly get you respected. Mm-hmm. And you know, you will receive accolades for that hopefully. Yeah. Good stuff, Britt. Um now you got to answer me this, okay? Uh now apparently you put Vaseline on your boss's uh <laughs> What do they call doorknob? Door <laughs> and um, you put whipped cream in their pencil drawer. Yes. And you're not fired. You haven't been fired for that. No, he put a smoke bomb in my car first. Okay, so it's payback. <laughs> it's payback. See, that's the problem. HR is the only one that can get payback on their bosses. Yeah, but I wasn't HR then. <laughs> weren't you? You were earning it the hard way. Britt Louise Pearson, HR queen. Oh, can I gosh. call you that? The, the Probably not of in front of HR. my boss. Yeah, no, because what he'd be the king. That'd be weird. <laughs> you're just an HR manager, not just. You're a personnel administration manager here at Brigham Young University at the Office of Information Technology. Britt, thanks for joining us. Good insight. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after this break, folks, with some good stories, the healthy, the happy stories of bosses right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. And uh, today we're going to wrap up the Bad Bosses segment. And here's my deal. I can only talk about something that's bad so long. And I've actually never found that knowing something's bad actually makes it better. So what we're going to do for this last segment is we are going to talk about good boss examples, examples in our lives of the best bosses we've had. And then we're going to wrap up the show and have a kumbaya moment uh, don't quite know what that's going to be yet. Uh, my boss hasn't told me what that will be. 
And what we're going to then do is just try to give you some tools, right? So let's go around the horn here. Bryce, Bryce, what's your good, feel good, good boss story? So in between semesters, I had this boss. I was a swim lesson instructor and college had me trained to waking up at like two or three in the afternoon. And this was early morning stuff. What College had you trained? To wake up at two to three in the okay, afternoon. Okay, maybe not college. Maybe uh, irresponsible freshman activities. Okay, good okay. clarity. Good um, and so two two events happened. I had this boss. He was fantastic. I uh, didn't show up uh, for a few lessons. Fired. And instead of being super condescending and telling me that I needed to be on time, which I was totally he gave aware you the of, big lesson, right? Uh, he just took my lessons, didn't say anything about it, and it didn't really happen after that. Did he deflate your bike tires? Uh, no, no, he was much nicer. And in fact, uh, one time uh, there was a parent that was perturbed that their child wasn't a good swimmer. Their and child they... was drowning? No, it wasn't that bad. Okay. They just they just were awful swimmers because the kid wasn't a very good swimmer. And I can't work magic. And, <laughs> and You so, can't make lead float. You can't. You can't. <laughs> and uh, this boss was, or this, no, this parent was on my case. And instead of letting this uh, this adult tear me to pieces, he stepped in, and uh, I wouldn't say he calmed down the situation, but he certainly solved the situation. See, and he didn't can you? Nope, nope. Well, maybe he should have. Good, good, Bryce. Good story. Okay, Miles, what's up? What's your take? Okay, best boss story. Best boss. Well, my good best boss story. I was working two jobs at one time, and so the second job I was a janitor at night, hmm. and my boss. He uh, he's a great guy. He took me and trained me one night to clean these two buildings, and then he dropped me off and just let me do whatever I wanted. And so, totally good. He just was, dropped you off at a building. Yeah, just he trained me for one he one just night. Trusted you, some little kid. How old were you? <laughs> I was twenty one. Okay, and that's so good. you're an adult. Yeah, he dropped me off and just let me go off. And that's what I thought was that's good. That's cool. Yeah. He, trust. He, just, he trusted you. He trusted me. I did a really good job. See, and that's actually, that's the same as Bryce. There's a trust theme going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, is that it? Uh, well, I have, a, I have another, another one. You're the another one. better okay. good story. Well, this is, this is a bad boss. Oh. So I really, I, you know, I, I really, uh, I, I, one summer I, um, had a really hard summer and so I was looking for anything and there was only one job I can go to. Uh, and so I had to go move, for these people. Oh, wow. And uh, it was a moving job. And the boss, oh. he would come in and uh, <laughs> he would he would just start yelling at everybody. Uh, but, you, you know, for, for this job, you had to because some of the guys that were working for him weren't too yeah. good. But uh, so he'd start yelling and he would yell at me. And my knee was, you know, wasn't too good. And, and uh, he'd make me want to go home and cry every night before. Did and, he really? Yeah. But and then but but the thing is when he'd be nice to me, I'd feel like I got a million bucks and I was super rewarded. Really? And so I'd always try to make him feel <laughs> good. Even though him. he was super mean. And he'd so. beat you down. <laughs> Miles, move it. Oh my heavens. See, isn't it a big deal what these bosses can do? They can they can make you or break you. They can really mess you up, can't they? Um as I think about it, it's pretty interesting. My my best boss would probably be – well, I've had a lot of good bosses. I have – I had a boss – when I was a kid, I worked at a golf course, which I thought was going to be the coolest thing in the world because what could be more fun than working at a golf course and then you get a golf for free? Well, what they didn't tell me is you only get a golf one round for free a week, but I had to work for five days to earn that round. And I got to push mowers all around the golf course. In fact, I got to know the golf course very well. And um, I actually, as a young kid – how old was I? I was probably 16 – uh, 
Bryce's age. And um, I was riding – I had they have these things called Cushman. They're just little trucks, little golf trucks that have a little box on the back with a nice little hydraulic box. Really expensive machine. And as I'm driving <laughs> – I worked on Sunday. Okay, now, it, now in my belief, you don't work on the Sabbath, right? That's the Sabbath day. You keep it holy. That's Brigham Young University, right? And so I was working on the Sabbath. And so in the back of my head, I'm thinking, this is bad. This is totally bad. And I'm driving this little truck down the golf path, apparently not thinking. My truck's kind of bouncing all over the place. And the corner of my truck gets caught on the chain link fence. And it rips the entire box off the back of my truck. And I go flying. So I'm, not only am I breaking the Sabbath day, I about broke my neck, which I think was somebody telling me something. And so I, um, I just drive my broken truck back. It's just wobbling, 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 wobbling. The box is shaking on the back. Probably caused literally, I don't know, back then, $4,000 worth of damage to the hydraulics on this thing. And um, just pulled it in. Just pulled it right in, right next to all the other trucks. My my whole box was a jar and a skew. And I just hopped off, no big deal, got my rakes out of the back, walked in, and the guy, my boss just sat there and said, whoa. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, what happened? And I just said, Sabbath day. <laughs> Can't do the Sabbath day. It's just bad luck. And he's just like, go home. <laughs> go home, dude. So I just went home. He didn't say anything. He just said, Okay. Chalked it up to Sabbath day. Never worked another Sunday in my life. Good story, huh? Makes you feel good, doesn't it, Bryce? Warms the heart. So what do you do with a good boss? What do you do with a bad boss? Just a little bit of advice. Um, one, I don't know if you noticed it, but bosses are people too. Even though they seem to have all this power and some people don't quite know how to handle the, par- the power, the reality is they're just people. And so the best way I've ever found to work with a person is to um, – Relate to them, get to know them, to become their friend, do what you can to be their friend. If you can't and they're just seriously too difficult for you to handle, here's my next little bit of advice. Do not become dysfunctional just because they are. Don't let the most messed up person in the room show you how to relate to people. So just because they are obnoxious or mean or rude or irritating or whatever they are, whatever they've got going for it, don't be like them. The neat thing about being a human is you don't have to choose to be like that. We can all choose to be different. We can choose to be the ones, the people we want to be. I didn't have to do the Sabbath accident. I could have chosen. I actually didn't know this, but I could have chosen to not go work on that Sunday um, because there were other people that would have. I just never spoke up and said something. So sometimes maybe the best way to get other people um, some information is we got to start opening our mouths. If you're afraid to share or open your mouth, go start learning some stuff. Go start reading books about communication. Build a relationship with these people. And um, remember, they're just still like you. Carl Jung had a quote that said, that which is most personal is most universal, right? The things that are most personal to you, like the fear of talking to your boss, is one of the most universal issues. To, to humans in general, right? That's why we – on this show, we want to help you be better humans. And to be a better human, A, if you're a boss, grow a heart. Start trying to notice what other people are doing. Start trying to notice how other people are living and how they respond to you. If you have people that aren't giving you the advice and the feedback you need, if you don't feel like you're close with your employees enough to get feedback, you're the one that's going to pay for it. You are paying for it, I promise. So – 
grow a heart. Start paying attention to people. Um, start spending some time getting to know them other than just twice a year in your review. Maybe find out what their names are. We heard stories today of people that were the boss didn't even know them. And then you heard other stories of where bosses that work and it's effective. Maybe one of the biggest keys to an effective boss is somebody that you like, that you want to be with. And also a boss that leads you, that trains you up and teaches you how to be a better person. So as you're sitting there listening to the show, are you a very good boss? Do you have people telling you you're a great boss? Are you getting feedback that way? Not just people, you know, sucking up and trying to schmooze you, but people that really, truly care. I once had a boss, need a story, and he had worked so well with his employees that when he had left the company and moved on to another company, he sent out an email to everyone saying, Hey, everybody, I'm moving, and I would love your help. I'd love some idea. I'd love your help to move. I went and helped the man move and showed up, and at the place where he was moving, he had 15 past workers, past employees, none of which were being compensated by him anymore, but we were all good friends of him because he was such a good man. Fifteen people showed up to help this man move to his new home. Isn't that a saying? Isn't that saying a lot? about the person. How many of you could even get 15 family members to show up? Even your own kids. It's hard, isn't it? So if you're a boss out there, grow a heart. And if you're an employee, grow a voice. Start talking. Step up. Learn to talk to these people. Learn to make your life better. Don't just sit there and stew. Figure out a way to talk to people. Either get help from HR or get help from others. Don't give up. There's hope, my friends. There's hope. There's hope every day on this show. Please join us every day, Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time on The Matt Townsend Show. You can look us up on Twitter at BYU Radio, Facebook, BYU Radio, and our email address, Radio at gmail.com. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU Radio.